And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Ms. Chantal Lewis. Chantal, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? Hello. I'm doing all right. A little bit tired, which is probably why my voice sounds like this. But <laughs> all in all, it's sunny. I'm alive and I'm doing well. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. How was your previous week? Any kind of takeaways from it? Um. Don't go to New York in the middle of the week, the <laughs> middle of the work week, I should say. <laughs> and I don't sleep nearly as enough as I should. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I completely yeah, feel that. So for the people at home, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? See, this is the, the stage where I kind of like jump into my elevator pitch that I do for like work. But this is not work, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So I was born and raised in Jamaica. I moved to Connecticut of all places. Well, not me, my family. They dragged us here. And I've been East Coast ever since. Um, I moved around a bit for school. And I actually met Uncle Lou or Melvin and in Providence, Rhode Island, where we both were there for school. So it's so a little bit of movement, mostly East Coast. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Well, just to kind of give you like a high level overview as far as what we'll be discussing today. As you may know, this is season two of Don't Be Coy with the season title being Moments of Transformation. And so what I'm going to do is ask just a various series of questions um, that might appear a little bit random. But what I like to do is discuss like things that uh, approach your past, present and like how you navigated those things and how you were intentional about those moments so that as like we're thinking about the future, we can be intentional and be as engaged in these moments of transformation as possible. All right. That sounds good to me. All right. So for the first question, what's your favorite song to start your day or your theme song? That's a good question. I think for me, it depends. So remember, I spent like half my life in Jamaica. So I think from that half of my life, it would have to be No Woman, No Cry from The Wailers. I just love that song. You know, I can listen to it any time of the day. Um, I know sometimes people think of it as like this very sad, like, you know, kind of song. But to me, it's like very inspirational. And I, I will like sing it. Sometimes I catch myself humming it out of the blue. That's how much I love it. But then you have like, favorite gospel songs, right? So those songs that can like really pick up my spirit if I'm feeling down. And I think it's one of those, I forgot who sang it. It's like a hymn. Um, it's, it's like Pass Me Not, O Savior. And mm, those type of like yeah. old hymns just kind of always brings me back because it's like, it doesn't have the fluff those newer songs will have. And it just kind of like maybe five words that you're singing along. So I think that's the song that I would go to for like gospel. And then if I'm trying to turn up, of course, it's like Beyonce. Anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything from Beyonce. Um, I won't get into her new album because that's like, you know, I do not want people to come for me. But <laughs> essentially anything Beyonce, I think, would be um, if I want to like just, you know, have fun or turn up. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, especially as you started talking about at the beginning of the conversation as far as where you're at in this life where you have, I guess you could say your elevator pitch as far as how you introduce yourself. Do you think like where you're at in this life and like all the various different experiences that you've had? 
have created this kind of, I'm going to say quilt, if you will, of an individual that's made of all these different pieces. Like, as you were saying earlier, as far as the, the no woman, no cry from the whalers, like truly representing that, like your Jamaican heritage and like, um, pass me not as far as just like who you are from a spiritual individual. But then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there is the the secular version of you and who you are as a secular being. And so I'm, I'm curious around like why those three specific songs and like how they speak to you as far as the different components of who you are as an individual. No, that's a good question. I think you're right. I am kind of a, a product of my experiences where like the, you know, I'm a whole being because I'm made up, but I'm also made up of these different things, right? And I'm unique in that aspect. And I think because I spent most of my teenage lives, um, life in Jamaica, but then my adult life was spent in America. So it's kind of like this mashup of <laughs> this like young teenage Chantal, you know, co- combined with this, this adult American Chantal as well. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the, the thing about those three songs, the categories of songs that I picked at the root of it, it just speaks to kind of like the soulfulness that I think is that it's at my core. Yeah. Um, and you know, Beyonce is Beyonce. You can take what you, you take what you get from that. But at the end of the day, I, I like to listen to songs that like speaks to me. And I know that sounds kind of like corny and like, Oh gosh, another person who's saying that, but <laughs> it's, I like to listen to those songs that like really speaks to me and moves me. And I, I do check for lyrics. So and it's 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 just weird. And I also just like songs because of the rhythm. I can be very shallow with my taste in music as well. So it's not always like me trying to dissect the words and finding meaning from it. I think also because of my faith or because of my roots in Christianity, um, I, I do have or listen to a lot of Christian music. And it's not just for my faith, but it also helps me like just stay grounded and keeps my sanity because this world is crazy Um, (laughs) yeah but yeah I don't know I think I think me being this unique mashup of things definitely comes through with like my taste in music even in other things like things that I enjoy doing how I cook my values my core values and morals I think that just speaks through kind of like because of the where I've been in life Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm curious as far as like this mashup experiences, right? Like some of these things that you can choose, some of these things that you can't, like, for example, being raised in Jamaica, moving to America wasn't necessarily your choice. It was like your parents' decision. So it's an experience that was, for lack of a better term, bestowed upon you. But then when it comes to your Christian rearing, that's something that like, though you were raised upon that, you're an individual that's decided to go deeper into that. And I think that speaks a lot of volume into itself as far as just like, as we grow as adults, how we decide to choose on our own spiritual journey and like how we decide to build that relationship with whatever we may believe in. And so what makes you decide to pick and choose the things that you're going to to highlight in your life? Because I'm sure you've had a vast amount of experiences. Oh, that's a tough one. I think I'm not sure if I'm actively choosing it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like these these songs or these experiences. Some, I think, 
like sticks with you more than others. Mm. Um, and it's both good and bad. I feel like sometimes we, we, um, fixate on the bad because it's hurtful and it just like, I don't know, it's that maybe stamps us a little bit harder. Um, and then the good, the good things are fleeting, but yeah, I don't know if I like actively, you know, go out there and like pick like, oh, this is going to be my anthem for my twenties. Or, <laughs> yeah. or this is going to represent those troublesome teen years. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's what happened, but I do remember that there were times in my life where when I look back and I have these memories, like these songs were playing in the background, like Aerosmith, um, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Like I remember as a teenager, just like listening to that song, feeling all the motions. Mind you, I did not have that life. That was not my story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I remember just like listening to that song on repeat, or I went through the Backstreet Boys um, phase where I was listening to those lyrics or, or that CD the millennial album, I think it's called, um, on repeat. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you're right. It is, it is curious because, and I wish I could, you know, have like a definitive answer, but there's just certain songs and certain experiences that just sticks with us and kind of like imprints. Maybe that's a good word for it mm -hmm. on us. And then as we get older and we kind of like retrospectively think on it, it, it just kind of like stands out. It's kind of like grandma's cooking, right? It's not, I don't even know if I remember exactly, you know, all the meals that my grandmother would make, but there's certain things that even my mom as a kid would make that just stands out in my brain for some reason. And these are not like elaborate meals. It's like very simple Jamaican food. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, like what constitute or what results um, in those experiences, maybe carrying more weight in my brain mm -hmm. than others. But that's just, that just kind of like how it happens. Yeah. So like, I think that that's really interesting, right? Because I like that word that you use as force imprint, because it's like when I initially asked you this question, you know, you highlighted three things that I do believe defines who you are for at least how much as I know you, right? Like I know you to be <laughs> like Jamaican, like that's one thing that I could definitely say that, you know, you identify as yourself like, oh, uh, yep, I'm Jamaican. You have to know this, all these kind of things. But then at the same time, I've also known you to be a very spiritual person and like um, really devout Christian and dedicated towards not only just the practice, but also growing as your own individual. But like, I've always known you to be like a fun person, any kind of time where even if it's like a moment where it's like there's no sight of possibility of there being any kind of fun, like you'll find a way <laughs> to make it happen. What made you decide those three things specifically, right? Like um, your your heritage, your faith. And just your your overall ability to find joy in things um, as being the three characteristics that you decided as an individual you want to carry consistent throughout your life. No, I think it's I think it's maybe more so trial than error. Kind of like mm. I think after all the experiences that I've had, some I don't remember. Most I don't remember. Thank goodness <laughs> that I've forgotten <laughs> some experiences. I think there are just certain things or certain re reoccurring themes that you're right, just kind of like oozes out of me. Um, like I, I, 
I don't set out to like tell people, oh yeah, I'm Christian or yeah, I like Beyonce. But if you're in a room with me five minutes, <laughs> you'll probably get that impression of me. And um, I, one of the things that I think that has been very consistent in my life is that ability to find joy and making that conscious decision to have it because life is not easy. Like yeah. life sucks sometimes. And sometimes while I may not feel happy or I may not even feel like I, I, I could be completely shattered and broken. And I, I sometimes just have to find that joy. And you're right. Sometimes I miss the mark. Sometimes I'm miserable. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> not like this joyful laughing person. I, I don't even want to talk to people at sometimes, but I think, you know, after a while that like need or that, that desire to find joy is, is definitely center. And as you mentioned, like my faith is something that even though I was introduced to it as a kid, I made that conscious decision as an adult to pursue that. Um, and I think that's definitely been something that also helps me um, throughout all my experiences. And it's definitely has stuck with me as well. And then you're right, my Jamaican heritage. And it's not just, you know, Bob Marley or the Whalers or, you know, the type of food, but just the memories that I've kind of collected from my time growing up in, in Jamaica has like helped carried me. Right. And mm -hmm. I can think of like, if there's things that are happening, maybe things are not going my way. I can remember those instances like, well, you know what, Chantal, you survived that. You overcame that. So maybe maybe this time you'll be able to make it through again. So it's 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 kind of like those things where, and I think the older I get, not that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so much wiser because I'm older. But no, <laughs> I think the older I get when you've been through similar circumstances, you kind of like convince yourself like, oh, snap. I've been here or I've been in a similar shoe before. And if I overcame it then, then, you know, maybe I'll figure it out now. Right. Yeah. And I think just because of those experiences, I've learned that there are certain qualities or there are certain staples in my demeanor or in my personality that just keeps bubbling up to the surface, mm. regardless of what's happening. Yeah. And you're right. I, I do like to laugh. I like to do that big belly, like everything is shaking type of laugh uh, that I've always had. And I'm, I'm glad I get to keep it. Yeah, no, I think that that's a beautiful thing, especially with how you were able to identify these things. But like even recognize that you've been here before. I really appreciate that. And so I'm a little bit curious around like defining this kind of current state of who you are presently. And so, like, for this next question, I um, want to ask you, what's a, a common dish that you cook every day? I have not been cooking lately. <laughs> um, that's my own <laughs> That's fair. That's poor fair. decisions. Um, I think some, one of my go-to dish would be Jamaican-style curry chicken. Mm -hmm. And I can eat that. Any time of the day, well, maybe not breakfast because I do love breakfast foods, but like I can eat that and I can cook it pretty quickly and easily. Right. So <clears throat> if I need to like whip up something that's going to remind me of Jamaica or this going to be just like, you know, hit that spot, I can like whip that up. I do love breakfast foods and I can eat breakfast anytime. So I can do, you know, I can do breakfast in the, <laughs> you know, for brunch. I can do it for, for, for dinner. And so just any kind of like breakfast meals, like, you know, the bacon, the egg, the cheese, just anything like that, I think is also something that I can, like I can, I can go to. And 
one of the things that I'm really happy that my mom instilled in both my brother and I is just being able to cook Mm -hmm. because it's brought me so much joy, right? Being able Mm -hmm. to make my own meals. Now, sometimes I don't want to cook. Sometimes I'm like, no, let's Uber something or let's go out and get like, you know, food. But I, I do find joy um, making meals, especially like introducing, um, Jamaican meals to other people that probably may have not had it or had it, but had really bad versions of it. You know, I, I heard a couple of different things there. Like as far as like the Jamaican curry, like it's not only like something that you can whip up really quickly because it's like one, you, you were taught how to cook and like you were, given that ability to actually enjoy it as well. Now, as you said, sometimes, especially like now, you're not necessarily within like a cooking mood, but like if you need something to kind of either remind you of Jamaica or like introduce it to someone, like you have like a quick go-to dish of like the Jamaican style curry chicken. And then like just um, your own personal aspect of like really enjoying breakfast food and like those start of the day dishes, like the eggs, bacon, all those kind of things. I'm, I'm curious, like when you were saying that you're not necessarily in the cooking mood now, why is that? Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's just me not having the time. Mm. And it's weird because like, I don't like saying, Oh, I'm super busy. I can't even cook. But a lot of like the meals that I cook with, it does take prep time, mm-hmm. right? Um, to even like season the meat to like, you know, you know, prepare it, kind of like get all the things that I need for it. And it's like, I think when I'm stressed, um, one of the first things that will go is probably my sleep. And then just like my desire to kind of like cook, right? Cause it's just easier to like grab something else. Right. Yeah. And, um, I wish, I don't know, I wish I could cook more. It would definitely save me a lot more money. And (laughs) cooking does bring me joy. But, like, sometimes I just go through these phases where I I just, I'm just not cooking as much as I should. But when I am cooking, know that it's a good day. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I totally understand that. Because even myself personally, like, I'm going through this phase where I just don't feel like cooking anymore. And I've been kind of in that phase for, like, Almost a year now, if I if I really think about it, it's really interesting where, you know, I'm getting into this process of trying to develop routines and like adjusting those routines based upon how like my priorities may adjust. But there should be certain things that are like relatively consistent, right? Like eating Mm -hmm. and sleeping Uh, and then also like bathing and stuff, too. But like... I mean, we could go, we could go there. We could definitely go there. No, (laughs) that has to remain consistent. But like, uh, even with that, just like naming like the, the sleeping and the eating component, like for some strange reason, like you're absolutely right. Those are like the first things to kind of like go whenever the stress is arising and the routine is being thrown out of whack. And I find that really interesting because it's like, I love sleep. So like for me, Like it might look like as opposed to sleeping in my bed, I might find myself sleeping on my couch because, you know, for whatever reason, like I feel like I'm just so busy that I don't have the time to like get in the bed, wake up, make sure I make the bed, all those kind of things as compared to the couch where I can just like get up, fold the the blanket and then just go and start to my day. And then when it comes to like cooking, like as you even said, it's easier, more expensive 
but easier to um, get your like food to go or like even easier if it's like Uber brought to your house and delivered to your house and stuff. But like there is like a a joy that can be found in cooking. But then there's also the work associated with it when you have to wash the dishes and things of that nature that could one could consider like discouraging. So I'm curious as far as you personally, what your life dynamic is like to to where it's impacting this thing that you just you as you mentioned earlier, genuinely enjoy. So like um, you mentioned like the seasoning component of it takes time, like obviously got to wash dishes. But like um, if you enjoy these things, why does it seem like that extra work you seem to enjoy has to go on the back burner whenever life gets so hectic? Yeah, no, I I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I think it's something that even I try to work out in therapy and I'm, I'm sure a clinician would be able to better articulate this and be able to tell me why. Why is it that when life gets stressful, um, that those are the things that like kind of like goes. I know for me, because I don't know, I think because I I take pride in when I make especially Jamaican meals or even when I cook, mm-hmm. I would forego um making a subpar dish. Like I would rather just like not make it at all if I don't have the time to commit to really make it up to the standards that, you know, that my mom or my, you know, my grandma would make it. Mm. And so instead of kind of like making, eh, okay, curry chicken, I'm like, no, I just won't have it. Right. And then when I have the time, I'll, you know, dedicate to make it to make it the the way that I was taught. Um, so there's that aspect. There's also the the other aspect that when you're stressed or when you're demotivated, sometimes that does show up in areas that you normally enjoy, right? And and that's why when you're kind of like going through that demotivated stage or you're just being, you know, very stressed, even though you know it's good to like get up and move, that's what they tell us, right? You know, when you're very, you're feeling like sad or kind of like that, you get up and move. It's like the last thing that you want to do, yeah. right? Even though I know that cooking brings me joy, for some reason when I'm in that mood or in that phase, especially if it's like a particularly difficult week or a particularly difficult time in my life, it's the last thing that I want to do. Mm. And the same goes for like even talking to people. I I I I think I think of myself as a good conversationalist in the sense that I really do like having conversations with people. And hearing those stories that it does bring me, you know, ex, you know, and uh, I don't want to say energy because then that that like has a different connotation, <laughs> but it does. Um, I do like it. I do enjoy it. But when I'm in that phase, it's the last thing I want to do. Like I, I, I literally don't even want to look at my phone. So it's it's just one of those kind of like counter intuition. I don't know things that just doesn't make sense. That as I don't know if it's a human being thing or if it's just a Chantal thing. Mm-hmm where I want the opposite of the very thing that I know would help me to get out of that funk. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. And like, I really appreciate how you bifurcated that one. You don't want to do anything that's kind of subpar because it's like that kind of defeats the purpose, right? Like if you want something, you want it to be good. And like, you know, you can do good. But then there's also that whole component around like feeling um, demotivated if you're not necessarily in the best mood or in the best place, 
it's really challenging to do something that you love because you might present like that subpar meal, which might make things a little bit worse than where it began. And so there's always this gamble around doing things when you're in this place of, I call it like a down period, but like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in this place, like it is kind of challenging to just, um, for lack of a better term, just do things that are either one beneficial towards like, who you are as a human being, like eating, cleaning your house, getting good sleep, all those kind of things. But then these are the same necessary things that you need to do to like make sustain. And then we we find mechanisms to like um, go around what we need to do. Sometimes it might be outsourcing to have someone clean our house. Sometimes it might be ordering food. We build these kind of behaviors that like we, we kind of get used to, but it's a little bit of a tricky road, right? You always have to keep your eye on like what you're doing, because even as you were saying like earlier on, like experiences that you faced like earlier on in your life that were so significant that like you were able to attribute like a song to it to be like a defining moment for a defining period. It's kind of like thinking about how do you want to define this kind of period that you're currently in right now? I'm curious around what is that wave of experiences like when you're in that kind of period? I think for me, I when I am in those moments or when I have those those feelings, they do tend to last longer. Mm. Um, so it's more than just like an, a day at a time. I think, I don't know if this is unfortunate or not, but for me as well, I because I have such well-developed coping mechanisms, <laughs> let's say it that way, mm-hmm. um, I can be going through a wave or a, a period of not feeling okay and not feeling my best self. And a lot of people don't know. Right. And because of that, it can go unchecked, mm-hmm. right? And I have to actively put things in place because once I realize that's about me, that I'm really good at like, and, and that's a whole different like topic we can like dive into. But because like, I realize a lot of people around me in my circle won't even know when, you know, Chantal is not doing okay. I have to put in steps or things in place to help check my own self. Yeah. Um, because I don't want those periods to go completely unchecked. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And that's why the last few years I've been a huge proponent of consistent therapy. Because I used to just, first of all, I didn't do therapy at all. I didn't, it wasn't a thing in my book. It's like tough it out, you know, pray about it, grit your teeth and get, get it and get through it. Right? Yeah. And then I went through a phase where I would go through therapy, go to therapy or have um, sessions with my counselor um, if something catastrophic is happening in my life. And then I'm now at a stage where it's I want it to be consistent, where I have these standing meetings with my therapist, whether it's like once a month, once every two months, right? Because I realize about myself that, you know, when I am in those periods of time where I'm in not feeling myself, where I am a bit down, it can it can last you know longer than like two or three days at a time yeah and people around me won't even know i really appreciate that because it showcases like the growth that you have and like your own 
understanding around how your life works. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the patterns that you exhibit and during certain periods in your life because you've been here before. And so like instilling the right mechanisms to be able to help navigate that, whether it's like a once a month check in twice, uh, once every two months check in all those kind of things. So that if you start exhibiting some of these behaviors of like not cooking or not wanting to cook, it's something that you can kind of notice and like put a check mark on. We push ourselves to so many different limits, like we can even like overheat ourselves. But it's important to be able to have those measures in place to kind of like help cool us down. So like I'm I'm curious a little bit more now, like as you're kind of navigating this thing and it, it seems like you're you're in this place in your life where you're really aware of like who you are as a person. And like I'm curious around what that journey was like for you and discovering yourself. I don't think it's something that I consistently reflect on as an individual. I've met people who who do that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely applaud them because I think it's a really good strategy and it's a really good quality to have where you can, you know, sit there and, you know, take stock of your life and all that stuff. I don't do it as nearly as often as I should. <laughs> and I tend to do it in moments like after I've been through kind of like a catastrophic experience. Yeah. Right. Which at that point it's kind of like all right, Chantal, the, 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 what was the saying? The horse is already out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're trying to like yeah. close the barn door. The horse is already out. Um, so I, I wish I do. I, I wish I had that. I think that as I grow deeper in my faith, in my Christian faith, there are certain aspects of that that challenges me to look within myself, to have that inward look, right? Mm. And because, you know, after a while, if you if you're around Christian people long enough, they're always they're always like checking you that way. Right. Helping you to kind of like do that inward look um, to see what's going on. And I've met some really good people who have now become friends who um, they're not afraid to ask me, hey, how are you doing? And when they ask that question, it's not like a superficial question. Right. Yeah. So having those type of friends, it helps me to keep myself in check, right? Mm. Where I'm doing those type of like inward look at myself to make sure that um, I'm having those moments. So I think for me, I've just, I don't know if stumble, stumble sounds very like lackluster or kind of (laughs) like, I'm kind of like not being serious about it, but no, I'm actually being very serious. But I think having those friendship or those connections, both in the faith and out of the faith. I don't want to say that it's only like my Christian friends who gets me there, right? Because when I'm not doing it myself, like those connections, those friendships helps me to do it, right? Or to at least think to do it. And I think my own spiritual walk, my own faith walk helps me to get there as well, where I'm taking those times to do that inward look. You know, the good old way that I have done it before, where after something traumatic happens, you know, if you lose someone or you lose a job, you lose, um, and not necessarily just losses, but when you have those experiences, it helps you to take stock of what's going on in your life. Yeah. Huh. As you've navigated this thing called life, as you were just talking about, like, even being reflective, it's like, you know, you've recognized that this isn't necessarily something you do intentionally, like every four months as far as reflecting around who you are or like where you're at um, mentally, emotionally, all those kind of things. But like you have people in your life 
who you know exhibit some similar kind of traits, whether it is you share a faith together or like your friends and like you share ideas and perspectives around life that helps provide context around if you are in a place that isn't necessarily your best, it can be a place where you can get some type of like comfort, right? Like you choose mm-hmm. these people in your life because like these are people that you can feel secure with. I find it really interesting that like there's such um, intentionality there. I'm curious around like this next question about where's a place that you would go within the next year, like a place you would like to visit. Oh, good question. I don't know. So there, there's one place I've always wanted to visit, and that's Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I love what I know of the culture, what I know, what I've seen and like read about or learned in school growing up. I've always just wanted to check out Cuba. Um, so something that's on my list. And I think I do want to visit South America. Um, I've thought about like Brazil and I do kind of want to experience like the, the carnival events that they have. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure I'm sold on just Brazil. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound crazy at all. I think that throughout our whole entire conversation, like you really dive into things, especially whenever you want to learn something. Yeah, no, I I've not had the opportunity to travel to to too many places, but the places that I've been able to do that, I've enjoyed doing things that locals would do. Like yeah. I've been to like the, the touristy sites, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun, but I also love going to places that locals would go to. Yeah. And, you know, eating where they eat. Because oftentimes I find the food the food is like a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> than those like tourist sites, right? And just learning from them. Like I remember when I did um research in Ghana I, I I loved going to the the market that was right outside the hospital, and I developed a relationship with the the lady who was selling mangoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not speak a lick of what she was saying, but I just loved I loved that interaction. And I don't know, I think learning the culture by immersing yourself in the culture safely because I'm also not like naive, right? Um, is is important to me. No, I really appreciate that. I really want to thank you for deciding to be on the show. I have a few more questions left through these lightning questions, and I just want to run through these real quickly, and I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. That sounds great. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats? Oh, gee, it depends. <laughs> it, depends it depends on who, and it depends on my mood, and it depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. If it's like bad news or serious conversation, in person mm-hmm. <laughs> or FaceTime me. Yeah. Um, if it's something that needs to be a text, just send a text. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. What or who inspires you and why? Ooh, I think my mom. She's very tenacious. Um, she figures things out and she gets things done. Totally understand that. And then lastly, on a scale from one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets? I am really good. So 10 being like really good. I'm, I'm at like a 20. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will know. 
Like, I should be, like, the president's best friend because I will keep all the state secrets. Yeah, no. (laughs) I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, I, I really appreciate you once again for being on the show. This has been really great, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. All right. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.